0: Let me begin with a question. Have you ever received a request for something that you couldn't grant? Someone stops and asks you for directions, and you're new to the area, and so you really can't offer them the kind of guidance that would be helpful, something that they need. Or else someone asks you for some advice on a subject you know very little about. Or else they ask you for resources you don't have. So what do you do? Besides just feeling bad over the fact that you can't really give someone what they are asking for, what they really need in that time of need. Now in our message series on the book of Acts, we come this morning to a story. story of two apostles who encounter a very similar kind of experience. A lame, poor beggar asks them for money, but their pockets are empty. They don't have money to give the the man. And so what do they do? Well, instead, they give him the greatest gift of all. I invite you to take out your Bibles and turn to that story with me. It's found in Acts chapter 3. Page 832 in the Church Bibles, Eight thirty-two, Acts chapter 3, and we'll be reading the first 10 verses. Acts 3, beginning with verse 1. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer, at 3 in the afternoon. Now, a man crippled from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, Look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, Silver or gold I do not have, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. They were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. And so we begin our study this morning by taking a look at the lame beggar himself. Here was a man that was known by everyone who frequented the temple. He was famous, all right, but famous for all the wrong reasons. For there he lay, stretched out on his mat, day after day, begging for food and for money. When you went to the temple through that, in that gate, through that way, that's who you always came across as you entered in. Here we have a desperate, needy man, probably in his early 40s, unable to support himself either physically or financially. He had been crippled from birth on. His legs were lame, which then resulted in a lifetime of dependence upon other people, not a situation that any of us wants to be in. Early on in this man's life, he had learned that he could use the Jewish law of almsgiving to his advantage. And so every day he would have someone station him at the eastern gate of the temple, the gate called Beautiful, a prime location for receiving uh, donations. And so there this man sat day after day begging for food with no hope that his situation would ever improve. He had very little purpose or direction for his life. He had little dignity left. All he could do was begged for food and for money. And all he could expect was just enough food to feed his stomach for that day. Survival mode was all that this man knew. Now we read that one afternoon, Peter and John come to the temple to pray. And they enter through this particular gate. Now Peter and John were good friends. They go back a long ways. They were former fishermen now turned evangelist, after the Holy Spirit was poured out on Pentecost, as we spoke about last week. And so here they were, about to enter into the temple courts, when they encountered this lame man. They saw him sitting on his mat, and they heard his request. And so secondly, then, we take a look at this beggar's request. Given his pitiful condition... For all those years, we would think that this man would ask for something more than just some pocket change. Right? Everybody that saw this man knew that he needed much more than just a few coins thrown into his basket. But that's all that he asked for. Just a few coins, just enough to make it through another day. There was a sense of resignation in his request a realization that things weren't ever going to get better for him. In fact, he had simply accepted his lot in life, as miserable as it was. What else could he do? In fact, when we read the story, we learn that Peter and John, as Peter and John passed by, the man didn't even look up at them. He simply was on autopilot, right? just sticking out his hand, saying alms for the poor, alms for the poor, as they walked by. Now, it's important for us to realize that this beggar represents someone and someones far greater than simply himself. In a way, this man represents you and me and the rest of humanity. He represents all of us in our fallen natural state. For just as he was born lame and unable to walk, we too have been born spiritually lame, unable to walk in God's ways. And just as he was poor and destitute, so too, in our natural state, we are spiritually poor. We stand morally bankrupt before a holy God. And just as he was stationed outside the temple, notice not inside, but outside the temple, so too we find ourselves outside of God's holy presence due to the stench of our sin. Now like this man, many people in our society today have simply resigned themselves to this lot in life. They've just decided to make the best of it. This is what we've been given, this is what we've got to deal with. And so they are forever living in survival mode. Know anybody like that? Are you someone like that? Living in survival mode? Or others are like this man in the sense of always looking for just a little bit more money. Just a little bit more. As if money could suddenly heal our brokenness and restore his soul. I believe that it was C.S. Lewis who said that the problem with humanity is not that we ask for too much. The problem with humanity is that we are satisfied with too little. Satisfied with trivial things, with trinkets and superficial uh, treasures, while the pearl of great price goes unclaimed. And so like this lame man sitting there at the temple gate... Many people today simply beg for pocket change when God has so much more in store for them. Thirdly, we take a look at the apostles' response to this request. The first thing that Peter and John do when they see the man and when they hear his request is they tell him to look up. Look at us, they said. Look up. Look beyond your present circumstances. Look up in hope toward a brighter and better future. Look in faith toward a God who can do great things for you. And then in verse 5, we read that the man does exactly that. He looks up. He gives them their full attention, probably uh, hoping that he will grab a larger-than-normal donation. From them. And I love Peter's next line. He says, Silver and gold have I none. Right? I don't have silver and gold. But what I do have, I give to you. The man fixes his gaze on Peter and John, expecting to receive something a handout. But instead, he receives someone. He wants a handout, but he gets a healing. He wants cash, but he gets Christ. An infinitely better deal. In effect, Peter says, you are asking for money, but I have something far superior than that to give to you. Something that is far more valuable than anything else in this world and his name is Jesus of Nazareth. And in that powerful name, I command you to walk. And as, Jesus, as Peter says this, he, he reaches over, grabs hold of the man's hand, and lifts him up to new life. A beautiful illustration of, of the healing power of Jesus being lifted up to new life. And for the first time in this man's life, and the first time in over four decades, he is able to stand and look other men in the eye. His once withered legs are now strong and sturdy. And so he goes from sitting to standing to walking to leaping, praising God for this miracle of healing. But the the healing that this man received was not just physical in nature, for Jesus had also healed this man spiritually, had healed his soul as well as his body. Now in this very first recorded miracle after Pentecost, we see an illustration of what Jesus is still doing today in the church through his people. Jesus is still at work in our world today, healing and restoring those who are crippled. As we said earlier, this lame man uh, stands as a fitting picture of the rest of us, a fitting picture of a spiritually uh, helpless and broken sinner. But when by faith we look up to Jesus, and when by faith, We put our hand in his hand. We are lifted up out of our condition. And we now are able to stand and walk and leap and dance again. In him we find new life and we find new freedom that we never experienced before. Just like this healed man who now can enter into the temple... Before he had to stay on the outside, now he can enter in. So too, once we put our faith and trust in Jesus, we can now enter into the very presence of a holy God and enjoy restored fellowship with him and with his people. And just as this man, this healed man, now becomes an effective witness We'll continue the story uh, next week. But just as he went out and began to witness concerning the life-changing power of Jesus, so too we are now called and empowered to be witnesses for Jesus in this world, giving him all the credit for all that he has done for us. And all of this is possible because he has extended his mercy, his love, his grace toward us while we were still poor and helpless and broken and destitute without him. Finally, in this story, we see the church's calling. We move from an individual story to the church of Jesus Christ. As we mentioned earlier in this series, Luke's purpose for writing this book is to demonstrate how the New Testament church is now called to continue the mission of Jesus Christ in this world. That Jesus came, he fulfilled his mission, he said, it is finished, I've I've done my part. He sends his spirit, and now he sends the church out to continue that mission in this world. And so these two apostles, Peter and John, were pillars of that New Testament church. And so in their action and reaction post-Pentecost, we catch a glimpse of what we as a church are called to be and called to do. And so, as we look at their situation, we realize our situation is similar. Like those apostles, we still live in a world that has been crippled by sin. We live in a place where people are broken in so many ways. A place where people need healing and hope. Peace and purpose for their life. And yet all that so many try to, to get, all that so many people simply ask for from life and in life is stuff. You know? More pleasures, more treasures, more leisure, as if stuff, the things of this world are going to satisfy and heal our soul. But what is most needed is not something but someone. And so what an incredible privilege we have to be able to share and give to someone else what is most needed. To a lost and a broken world, to be able to say, silver and gold we do not have, but what we do have, we give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, be healed, be forgiven, be set free. Friends, oftentimes the needs in our world seem so great. And the problems in our world seem so complex that we feel apologetic about what we can offer. You know, what can can I do? What can we do? And yet, the reality is that we can offer people what is needed most. We can offer them the one who can meet all of their needs. I want to close this morning with a video. We're going to be watching a father-son racing team called Team White. Maybe you heard of their story before. Maybe you've seen the video. It's been around for a little bit. And we're going to be watching them as they endure the rigors of an Ironman triathlon. Let's watch.
1: the sun, where to stand in the morning, and who told the ocean, you can only come this far
0: Now, I want to share my actual raw, uncut thought process as I watched that video for the very first time, okay? Here was my first thought as I watched the opening uh, couple of scenes, uh, opening minute or so of that video. That's just dumb, okay? Why would anyone put themselves through that kind of misery... For someone else who might not even understand what it's all about. Someone who might not understand or appreciate the sacrifice that you are making for them. That was my first thought. Second thought. As I watched a little bit more, I thought, I guess this isn't so dumb. In fact, it's rather amazing. To put yourself out there like that for someone else. To serve and to sacrifice like that. So that they can experience the thrill of the race. Wow, that's remarkable. Thought three. As more of the story revealed itself and unveiled, I thought, hmm, I think, I believe, I'm called to do this, to be like that father, swimming and cycling and running, putting myself out there for others. I'm called to serve and to sacrifice for the benefit of others, to be like that father. And then in the last moments of the video, I had one of those aha moments, right? Light bulb goes on, my perspective completely changes. And this was my fourth thought. Suddenly, I am no longer the father who is cycling and running and swimming, but I am now the quadriplegic son with cerebral palsy. I am now the one crippled and broken and unable to compete on my own. And as I was watching the video, as I stared into the grimacing face of the Father, I realized I was staring into the face of God Himself, the One who has been carrying me all along. As God the Father, He has extended His grace and His love toward me his son as God the son he has sacrificed his very life for me on Calvary's cross so that I can raise my hands and I can share in the victory that he has won for me and as God the Holy Spirit he continues to encourage me and lift me up and empower me to live for him so like that crippled son all I can do is simply raise my hands and rejoice in what God has done for me. May that be your testimony too. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for, for the story of how you healed that crippled man. In the power of the name of Jesus Christ, you can do great things. You can do all things, we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. So I pray, Lord, that we, you would increase our faith. Where there is doubt, where there is fear, Lord, we pray that you would remove that. Where there is resignation, I pray that you would bring hope. Where there is brokenness, bring healing. Lord, heal our souls, our minds. Heal our, heal our world. Heal our world, Lord by the power of Jesus Christ. Thank you that we can celebrate his sacrifice for us today. Lord, may we leave this place with new life, new power, and new hope in him. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.